0: Welcome to the Sober Sidekicks Never Alone podcast, brought to you by the creator Chris Thompson, hosted and produced by Carl Fessenden. This podcast was created to highlight the stories and successes that make up the community that forms the Sober Sidekick. Chris built the Sober Sidekick because addiction thrives in isolation. We want to remind you that you do not have to fight this battle alone. We strive to bring you inspiring stories that will let you overcome your darkness and lift you from the ashes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Never Alone Podcast. Welcome everybody to the show. My name is Carl, the host of the Never Alone Podcast, and we are associated with the Sober Sidekick app, and we're very excited about today's episode. Um, I have Amanda who's going to be coming onto the show here in just a moment and we're going to be talking a little bit about her story. Um, first, I would like to remind everybody, if you are a um, Apple um, podcast user, um, please go in and uh, hit that. Uh, like button you can also give us a, a, a rating a, a one or five stars um, I think the only option for it is actually five stars um, no I'm just kidding um, so you know go ahead and, and pick um, what you would like and you can also leave comments in there which is really amazing because that will allow us to understand are we bringing you the right content? Are we having the right types of guests on that are best to help you? So again, um, that's specifically for um, Apple Podcasts, but any of the podcast um, services that you use, um, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That way you will be up to date on all the latest episodes of the Never Alone podcast. So today, I, like I said earlier, I am very excited to have our guest, Amanda. So Amanda, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Carl. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be heard.
0: Oh, ooh, I like that. Happy to be heard. That's important, isn't it? To be heard.
1: Absolutely. It is.
0: Yeah. It's important to feel heard, too. It is. Yeah. All right. So Amanda and I were talking a little bit before the show and, um, just a a really good vibe going on here and uh if i do apologize my little dog is wandering the house um normally she's downstairs with the parental units and they kind of keep her at bay but everyone's gone so i just i'm kind of like doing it otherwise she would be barking like crazy and we would never be able to get this recording done so if she does make an appearance um we can welcome her (laughs) into the episode i'll love it well yeah (laughs) <laughs> so Amanda, um, tell me a little bit about your story. You're coming up on 16 sure, months actually, sober, right?
1: Tomorrow will be 16 months oh, sober. Yes. Awesome. Um, I just, I can't, it's hard to believe, you know, it feels like it's been forever, but it also feels like it's just been a couple of days. So it's a journey, right? Um, I had found a sober sidekick in December of 2021. Actually, you know, my life had gotten to a point where it was just unmanageable and, you know, I couldn't handle things on a day to day basis because of an addiction problem. Um, You know, so I I went to stay with my mom for a while to try to get some things together, get my head together, figure out what I needed. Um, And that was when I came across the Sober Sidekick app. You know, I really had no clue where to turn, where to go, you know, where to even start looking for help. Um, you know, a couple hours of searching searching, and I found this app and it really felt like a community that I had been a part of for years, even though I had just downloaded it that evening. It had that big of an impact on me um, and still does to this day. You know, it's there are times, you know, where I reach out to certain friends or I'll reach out to, you know, my mother or somebody in program and it just doesn't feel like the right fit. But sober sidekick, you know, at any time of day you can just jump on there and you've got a whole community of, it feels like family members really.
0: Yeah. And you know, know, for me, that was so important because I had the same type of uh, reaction when I joined that particular community and apps were so important for me in the initial beginning stages of my own sobriety. Um, in, forming that community. So uh, our podcast is never alone podcast because we want to let people know that you don't have to go through this journey alone. It doesn't matter if you have one day sober. It doesn't matter if you have 2000 days sober or more, right? We're, we're never alone through this journey. So when you think about not being alone and, and having that community for you, uh, what comes to mind? You know, it's,
1: it's a group of people who, understand you on a deeper level you know with without even hearing your story without even knowing you know why you're here in the first place and it doesn't really even matter um it's just this welcoming place that you can bring anything to and you don't have any fears or reservations um it's just i can't even tell you how welcoming it really is and when you're going through something that difficult you know Trying to start out your recovery, your journey to figure out what you need—you know, those friends and those people are the most important. You know, and, and you're right when you say you can't do it alone. It, you, you can't. You know, I've tried in the past and it didn't work. Um, so this really was a game changer.
0: Yeah, and it's so. How can I describe it? It's such a good feeling to have that community. Because, um, like, addiction thrives in isolation. And yeah. if we're not careful, we can easily fall back into that isolative state. Definitely. And so, having a community around us, be it online, be it in person, is so vital because that's going to pull us back into reality when we want to go out of reality and we want to isolate and we want to consider doing things that we're, asking ourselves and you know, we don't want to do anymore. So yeah, it's, it's really important and, um, it's, it's really good to keep that in mind as we go through this journey. Definitely. So tell me a little bit more about, um, what your recovery means for you today.
1: My recovery today is everything. To me, it is the most important piece of my day. It's the most selfish part of my day too, and that's okay. You know, it's I wouldn't be where I am in my recovery journey if it weren't for this app. Um, You know, this when I first joined the app, there there was a button at the bottom that said, you know, speak to someone now or find help now, and I clicked on that, and within moments, I was. You know, texting with someone. And that's actually what led me to the recovery center that I went to uh, for treatment to do my IOP. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, And that's really important to have those types of resources for us, right? Because it might be two in the morning and we're like, man, I got to talk to somebody about this. I need to, I need, I want to reach out. I want to get all this off of my chest, right? Um, exactly, you know, and it's, it's so important for those type of things. And for those of you that are listening, if you're not sure what an IOP is, um, that stands for intensive outpatient program. Uh, and so it's part of the, um, uh, treatment system and, uh, I could go all day on that, but, um, just, just in case you were wondering what an IOP is. So, so Amanda, so tell me, um, what does your day life look like now?
1: Oh goodness. Um, you know, I start my morning actually reading through the sober sidekick app You know, I'll get my coffee. I'll scroll through it. Um, I'll see if there's anyone who needs someone right in that moment. You know, I know there was a time when I did and I don't like that feeling and I wouldn't want anyone else to feel it. So I'll jump on there, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes in the morning, get ready for my day, go to work. Um, do my thing. And at the end of the day, I always circle back around, even if I'm just reading to see what's going on in the community. um, You know, some days I'm more active than others and posting in there. But I just like to circle back around because it feels like that family piece, you know, and I I don't want to lose that um, ever, you know, through through this journey. So I just keep coming back. And that's something I always said to people too, when when I do comment on the post that you know really jump out at me. I always say keep checking in before you check out. And that just makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, keep checking in before you check out. That's so Ooh, I like that one. Man, you're giving me I should start writing these down. We're we're you're going to have to text those <laughs> to me um after the show I here. Can do that. So um, yeah. I So when, when I started in recovery, I was going through um, the, an IOP as well. Uh, I didn't do okay. residential programming um, because I was in the hospital for like five days with heart failure. And then I spent like a month at my parents' house, um, like recovering and uh, it was a safe environment. So when they did the assessment on me and the screening, um, they said, okay, I, I think that you would be a good fit for the intensive outpatient programming. And, um, I, man, I went to Kaiser like four days a week for like two to three hours a day. And I, that's where like I had this met this like group of ladies there. And it was so amazing because we've stayed in contact ever since we went through rehab and like, we're all like really good friends. We talked to each other all the time. And, um, it was just, it was really kind of, uh, you know, surreal to hear all of these quotes and to go to my first convention and like hear the quotes that were coming out of the, you know, the speaker's mouth. And, and I was like, man, this is like really inspirational. And so I started keeping a little uh, diary of quotes and it's, I, I'm getting ready to move. I, I don't know if I have it with me, but um, I, I keep this thing. And so every time I hear a quote that I haven't heard before, I put it in the diary. And I think it'd be really cool like to it. like look back in like 10 or 15 years and, and just see how many quotes, you know, I've been able to like pick up that are, you know, around recovery. So yeah, for yeah. Sure. my my sponsor has one. He says, we don't have to live like that anymore. Yeah, hey, I like it. I, I, I like really it. like that one. In fact, I had a t-shirt made for him. They said, You ain't got to live like that no more. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> those are the best. Yeah. And he wears it all the time. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do, maybe uh, like outside of recovery? How has um, your recovery affected other areas of your life? Maybe with personal relationships or maybe with work. Um, have you seen improvement in those areas as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I've I've been at the same company for um, just over nine years, so it'll be ten years this year. Um, I just had my yearly review, and my boss does not know that I went through a treatment program, doesn't know that I did anything in the background, and he said to me, I don't know what you've done in this last year or what you've changed, but you are on top of it, and you're on fire. And there's nothing that gets past you and you have just you've you've turned your department around and it's been amazing. And you know, that to me was was worth more than anything he's ever said to me in any review. You know, just I don't know what you've done, but something has worked. And that's my journey, that's my recovery. You know, that is my sobriety story that I had to change one thing and now everything is just becoming clearer and not as complicated, you know, and communication is so much easier across the board and relationships and with work and family members. And it's just like, you know, it's like it's taken this veil out from in front of my eyes and I have this refreshed look on life that I didn't have before. And it's been amazing.
0: Wow. That's <clears throat> That's really great. Uh and to hear that, you know, he's giving you such high praise and high compliments and um you know, I I know that people like have they're cautious about when it comes to work, right? Um I so mm-hmm. I I work as a um public servant uh for a local um county here and I I work in their mental health department. And <clears throat> so it's it's interesting like I've had to learn because I came from nonprofits where I could just like you know pretty much if I needed something I could say to find you know if I if I wanted to share something I would just like go to the director's door and be like, hey check this out what do you think yeah. and um, now I've learned that you know I need to pause before I approach something. Um, in fact my supervisor and I just had this conversation again uh, today because um yeah but it's just like learning that system but like you i feel so blessed to be present and to be able to hear what they're saying instead of just being like just wash over my head and i'm like yeah i just want to go get high i wish you would shut up now right um you know like but but now i get to be present for him and i get to understand the nuances and i get to understand like Hey, this is how we effectively communicate with people because my communication before with people was just awful. Um, it was yeah. either non existent or it was very angry. So,
1: yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, work is doing excellent for you. Um, you're doing big things at work. Uh, you turned your department around. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you seen the change over the last sixteen months with um personal relationships, maybe with family or um, friends?
1: Sure. yeah. Um, you know, my family relationships have definitely gotten better and stronger. Um, you know, there's not secrets I'm carrying around anymore. There's not guilt or things I'm ashamed of that I'm just dragging around with me. you know i've I've been able to, you know, with the help of my IOP, I've been able to open up and talk about things that I have never talked about with my family, as well as my partner. You know, and it's just, it's brought us closer. I think there's, it's brought a new level of trust. You know, it's brought um, deeper understanding. You know, and unless you go through something like this, you know, it's it's hard to get to that level of trust and communication and, you know, how things work. So, I mean, it's it's really just, it has changed my life. It sounds like such a cliche to say that, but really it has. And I don't think I would be here doing the same things or feeling this positive about my life and my journey moving forward if it weren't for this community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I listen to um, <laughs> these I guess I don't like calling them old timers or dinosaurs in the program, but like I listen to a lot of these shares of people that have come before me that have had extended amounts of time and the <clears throat> means and the links that they would go to, to maintain their sobriety, and they didn't have the help of technology. They didn't have the help of apps that could put right. us in front of somebody right away. And yeah. um, I always I always feel that I'm, I'm very fortunate to come up in a world of technology. Um, sometimes I think our uh, technology uh, gets a little bit crazy and it can make yep. other people crazy, right? Um, in fact, sure. at work, we're talking about um, starting, you know, doing uh, work around people with um, addiction to mobile devices, because uh, that's actually a, a diagnosis now in, in the mental health um, <laughs> world. I mean, yes, as crazy it's crazy as that becoming is. becoming a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, these devices that we are able to use in the apps and everything um, can be so helpful for us. And, allow us to reach out, uh, you know, maybe, maybe somebody's feeling like they have anxiety about going out and actually talking to somebody in person about this type of stuff. And so sure. they're able to do it online, you know, anonymously. Uh, exactly. So, you know, that's, that's so important. And I think it's just so amazing that uh, we have this opportunity. Do you ever wish exactly? Like, Do you ever wish you could like go back in time and be like, you know, maybe if I could go back like 20 years and just like understand what their struggles were, because we have our own struggles now, but but they had different struggles then. Like, do do you think you would do it? Like if you could be in the same place, like where you are right now, like your sobriety is rocking, um, work is Mm -hmm. going well, but maybe just like go back in time and step back into time and be like, Oh, this is a rotary phone or, (laughs) you know, something like that. Right. You know,
1: it would be so different. Um, you know, there's times when I'm at my worst and struggling and it could be three in the morning, you know, and 20 years ago, we didn't have an app at three in the morning to, you know reach out to someone for that help so you you feel even more alone after right. that but now you know 3am doesn't matter where you are what country what time zone right. just pick up that app and there's your world there's a family right there
0: yeah there's somebody there that you can reach out to and always uh, yeah you know it goes back to our our original topic of not being alone
1: exactly um, yeah and
0: so uh apps apps and technology have really afforded us this ability to not be alone um, exactly. Yeah. You know, one of the resources that I really uh, was drawn to, because I didn't like using my phone initially at night when I was in recovery, because it was a big trigger for me, is that I always kept like a, a recovery-based book. Um, you know, maybe it was like a program book of one of the uh, support programs I was in, or maybe it sure. was uh, like a self-help book. um you know and yeah. so those were really good because i would read a couple of pages and and just like clockwork i'd be i'd be asleep again um yeah. and i i don't think i've gotten past like the first chapter of any of the books because i keep falling asleep but um it's it's a really good read and it does help like refocus your mind it does yeah yeah I remember I was reading uh, one of the books and I was like, man, this book is written about me. And I was like flabbergasted on all the similarities of right, you know, it's what like they were they're identifying. talking
1: right to you. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So. All right, Amanda. Well, if you had the ability to sit down with um, somebody fresh in recovery right now and um, let's let's hypothetically say that you and I are in some type of support meeting and a newcomer comes in and sits down and they say to you, this is my first day clean, but I don't think I could do this. What advice would you give them or how would you talk to them and and give them hope?
1: You know, I would meet them where they are. You know, I know what it's like to go into a meeting for the first time or even pull up into the parking lot and be terrified, you know, not knowing who's in there and what you're going to do. So I would just let them know that I am by their side. I will do this with them. Um, you know, we, we don't have to do it alone anymore. That's the, that's the joy of this. And just make sure that they understand they're joining a community, a family, a group of people who will be there regardless of anything. You know, I think just when someone new walks in, you know, you can almost see the fear or the nervousness or or they don't know what to do. And I've been there. I don't like that. I wouldn't want that for anyone, especially starting out in their new journey. So just to make them feel like they're not allowed, you know, that, that they're part of something bigger.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's so important, man. I really like that, man. If, if I was new, I would want to sit down right next to you because the energy that you give off and, uh, your caringness is, is really apparent to me. And I I can feel that energy and that vibe, like, you know, Hey, I've been there, but you don't have to do this alone. And I'll walk with you, you know, and I'll walk those steps with you. And, and really kind of try to help you out to the best of my own ability, right? For sure. Yeah. So, well, awesome. Well, Amanda, it's been amazing having you on the show. Um, this uh, episode is going to be airing. uh few weeks down the road here. We were talking a little bit about that. Um, and, uh, we're, you know, at the never alone podcast, we're so excited about this new podcast and to have guests like you come onto the show and to take time out of your schedule and out of your day and your evening, uh, cause we're doing this one, um, at night. So, um, I, I really want to thank you on behalf of, um, Chris at the sober sidekick app and the never alone podcast for allowing us to, to hear your story and um, experience a little bit of what you've had to go through.
1: Well, thank you to you as well. You know, it's, it's great to have your story heard and to have the opportunity to help one other person, you know, is just, that's a gift in itself. So thank you.
0: It is. And you're very welcome. And that will conclude our episode for today. This episode of the Never Alone podcast was recorded in studio by the Drunken Worm Podcast Productions. The Never Alone podcast is part of the Soberside Kick brand that was created by Chris Thompson. If you are in need of help, remember you're never alone. If you're in crisis, dial 988 for help. You can also dial 911 if you're feeling you're in a life-threatening emergency. Remember, you're never alone and there's always somebody out there that can help you. Thank you again for listening to the Never Alone podcast. This is Carl Fessenden signing off. And remember, stay well, stay sober, and live your best life. Take care.